0: From Zamo Digital, welcome to the SaaS Marketing Superstars podcast with your host Aaron Zikowski. This is the show where we uncover proven growth strategies from CMOs and marketing leaders behind some of the fastest growing SaaS companies.
1: Hey, superstars! Thanks for joining us today. I'm your host Aaron Zikowski, and today I'm sh- chatting with Shalom Stark. Shalom is a serial entrepreneur and currently the founder and CEO of Invoice Ninja a SaaS platform helping over 200,000 small businesses to invoice clients, track payments and expenses, and time-billable tasks. Hey, Sham, how are you doing today? Hey, good morning, sir. How are you? I'm doing great. Excited to uh, finally have you on the show. Thank you for inviting me. For sure. So I'd love to start off by having you tell us a little bit about yourself and about uh, Invoice Ninja.
0: Um, yeah, sure. So I'm in a small town in Israel called Paris Khana, and my co-founders also in Paris Khana We're on opposite ends of the city, so about two kilometers apart from each other. Um, and in late 2013, so I had a very, very large uh, tour operator, a very, very large travel agency. We were doing a couple thousand tours a year, and the paperwork became overwhelming. Um, the biggest challenge, I think, in business is going from being a, a solopreneur or freelancer or a small business to being a medium, uh, you know, a, a medium-sized business. Um, kind of adapting your, um, your workflows and just basically like how you operate your company and hiring people and expanding is, is very, very challenging. And I found myself at that time spending more time just processing paperwork and less time actually making money, um, doing sales, you know, interacting with clients, and it became a challenge. So I reached out to my, my, my friend Hillel, who I, I just I had just met. He was new, also new in Carcano. And uh, very articulate, very put-together individual. I understood he was a very talented full-stack developer. And I pitched him this idea of invoicing platform, focusing for freelancers and small businesses, and he hated it. That was a terrible idea. Um, a couple weeks later, he comes back to me and he says, you know, I did some research, and although I still believe perhaps it's maybe a flooded market, uh, at least at, a, at an entry level of, you know, creating a basic invoice and, let's say, integrating with PayPal, or at the time, integrating with Authorize.net before Stripe is you know Stripe became the the 800 pound gorilla in the room, um, but there was no, and this is really 100% Hillel's to his credit, that he identified there was no um, full suite invoicing app in the open source world, period, There's was none. Um, again, there was a couple of small tools that allowed you to create an invoice at a basic level, but there was no platform to really, you know, to really manage invoicing, payments, quotations, uh, track tasks, time tasks, export those to invoice, uh, re-invoice, um, Clients for vendor expenses, kind of a really a full suite of apps, uh, where the crux really is the ultimate output is the invoice, and then ultimately the payments. Um, Hila went to work building like a madman, um, working. He was working a full time job at the time, so he's working. Myself is included, so working. You know, mornings, working nights, working between other things. And in early 2014, uh, Invoice Ninja was launched and was incredibly well received. Uh, within the first week, it was like number one the Hacker News, and the traffic was like overwhelming. Um, Fast forward a year, and a gentleman named David Bamba out of Sydney, Australia, he reached out to us uh, to get involved with the project in different dynamics, but we very, very early um, saw that he was just a tremendous dynamic individual, and at this point, Dave is a full partner in the company. Uh, So there's three of us, myself, uh, Dave, and Hillel, two in Israel, one in Australia. Regarding the open source content uh, concept I mentioned, uh, so Invoice Ninja originally, you know, our user base from day one was 100% self-hosting. Um, over the years that's pivoted to where at this point about 75% of our user base is a traditional SaaS hosted user, you sort of invoice ninja.com login, and, log in, and mm-hmm. about 25% are self-hosting on their own servers. Um, so the company's really pivoted over the years, over the years. We're not pivoted out, say, just by you know, kind of an organic progression of our user, ba- of our user adoption. Um, although we don't monetize the self-hosting community, um, the self-hosting community, which is tens of thousands of people, are invaluable. They're tremendously um, generous with their time. So anytime we put out a new feature, a new functionality, or a massive upgrade, we can first deploy it to the open source community, to the self-hosting community for two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, um, for quality assurance, for debugging, before making it live at ninja.com. Um, we've found that the self-hosted community is tremendously generous with their time. People want to be early, adopter, early adapters. They want to do you know beta testing, um, and they enjoy you know, they enjoy engaging. We have a 5,000 uh, users on our on our Slack channel, for example, and thousands of users on our invoice forums. And these are not our employees; these are our community members engaging each other, answering questions for each other, and debugging for each other. So, although we don't monetize them, the truth is they're invaluable. Absolutely, we're just. We have a quality assurance department of tens of thousands of engineers as a result. Um, that's amazing. So that's it. That's how we are Invoice Ninja today. 200,000 uh-huh. confirmed accounts, uh, eight years later.
1: That's amazing. I mean, I, I was gonna ask you about the uh, the open source element of it because that, that's unique within most of the SaaS companies that, that I come across in that my, my first instinct would be to think, you know, you've built this platform. Why would you give it away for free? What's the benefit over there, right? Um, but it sounds like what you're saying, if, if I understood that properly, is that they're they're basically helping you as a, as a community of developers, helping you to actually develop and, and troubleshoot the product, is that right?
0: That's correct, yeah. So it used to be back in the early days of 2014, maybe until 17, 18, you had to be someone technically savvy to self-host, you had to download a zip folder, extract the files, upload it, then figure out what you did wrong and ask us for help, it was kind of challenging. But then, you know, in the in the early, in the mid-teens, all kinds of third-party um, facilitators came online. Like I, I can see a few companies, maybe you're familiar with like, one's called Softaculous, um, Clouderon, uh, DigitalOcean. There's several of them. And what they do is they facilitate that you, you have to, you need zero technical experience. You basically can log into GoDaddy, HostGator, you know, for real real basic, um, you know, uh, kind of hosting companies, or if you want to have, if you have really, really complex hosting, shared hosting, dedicated hosting. But at these days, it's a one-click install. There's no download, there's no extracting. Um, invoice Ninja is offered as an app, um, as a one click install for any hosting company who has a cPanel, which is every hosting company. Um, so, uh, additionally, though, um, it's not with really the quality assurance uh, aspect we're doing, you're having a QA department or having an engaging community, just by the virtue that people are using the platform, which means that if somebody is a uh, if you just say a computer program, for example, right? And they're self-hosting Invoice Ninja, and we don't monetize them at all. And maybe they don't engage with us. Maybe they're not giving quality. They're not giving a, a, a bug reports. Maybe they're not engaging in the forums. That's fine. But their clients are seeing our company when they send that, when they send out an invoice to their own clients. They're seeing Invoice Ninja. So you know you have um, you know exponential growth organically just by virtue of your user base being your uh, cheerleader. Even that if they don't the want to engage thing. and give, it's going to happen. It's going to happen organically either way.
1: Uh-huh. So even even the, the free users of using the open source and installed it themselves, it is going to say Invoice Ninja on every invoice that they sent out.
0: Yeah, that's correct. We do have the option to uh, in-app upgrade to white-label that to remove Invoice Ninja branding. Mm-hmm. But again, if even if you're speaking at the most uh, um, you know simplest terms, you're not paying us and not engaging us, their clients will still see our branding, and therefore we have you know product awareness. Um, Got it.
1: That makes a lot of, of sense. not then. monetized. Um, so in some cases, it's almost like a freemium account, so to speak, that, you know, you're, you're giving away the product for free in order that you can get some, some viral uh, marketing back in return. So when someone clicks on a link at the bottom of an invoice that got sent out by, by an open source plan, will that link back to the uh, the .com site, which is actually charging people, or does it link back to the, uh, the open source site?
0: So all links uh, lead, all, all CTAs, all links everywhere pretty much lead to .com. We do have the website .org which is all the documentation uh, needed to self-host and much more. Um, but no, all, everything you're gonna find, every link everywhere, even if you're self-hosting, is gonna come to invoiceninja.com.
1: Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so obviously it sounds like the, the community that you built on the back of the open source community has been a big source of growth, but 200,000 users is a tremendous number. Where Where's the majority of that growth come from Then the company? I mean, because I know you haven't been doing a whole lot of paid advertising, you know, where, where's, where's that come from?
0: So, yeah, so we've done pretty much uh, near zero um, paid advertising, no PPC, no LinkedIn ads. Uh, We do want to go that direction, but to date, we have not uh, really engaged with that. Um, So where are people coming from uh, is your question. So by virtue of the fact that the more, it's like a snowball rolling down a hill. The bigger it gets, the faster it goes. The faster it goes, the bigger bigger that it gets. Um, You know, you apologize. What What was your specific question? Uh, basically, w- what's been the biggest growth lever to,
1: to bring in so many customers in, in, in a relatively short period of time? Uh, thank
0: you. I, re- I pre- Thank you. Yeah. So in the open source, for example, one thing has been uh, leveraging uh, uh, um, basically being like a uh, demographic location agnostic platform. So, for example, when we, we, we um, first of all, invoice, invoice Ninja, instead of building out a – and you can see a perfect example of this with platforms called like Zapier, Zapier. Uh, integrated platforms. So instead of building out, let's say, a, a native integration with Stripe, a native integration with PayPal and authorized.net, which takes a lot of work and a lot of maintenance, we leveraged open source drivers. So when we launched, we actually integrated with 45 payment gateways. If you look at our biggest competitors, the integrate with usually one, two, or three payment gateways, usually Stripe, WePay, PayPal, or Stripe, authorized PayPal, et cetera. So we integrate with 45 payment gateways from day one, which basically means that it doesn't matter where you are on planet earth, we pretty much integrate with your uh, local market leader for merchant service processing for card payments. Whether you're going to be in Australia, eWay in Australia, or Mali in the Netherlands, or Sage Pay in the UK, or Stripe PayPal, can, I think the list can go on and on and on. So, and also we launched, um, by virtue of the open source technology we use, using a open source language libraries with 36 languages, right? So it doesn't matter what language, what currency, which uh, demographic um, payment processor is in, uh, the major player in your market, where well, we became global basically immediately. Um, we adapted that um, somewhat in the last one year with our most recent updates to it, the Invoice Ninja V5 platform. We looked at which payment gateways are actually being used for example. So not all 45 are being used heavily. So we said, listen, you know, there's like 10 guys using like, like the bottom 20 and like thousands of people using the top 20, top 20, 25. Right. So we 20, decided that we actually, uh, yeah. yeah, only in 2021, which is seven years later, we did begin to build out deeper native integrations per payment gateway. What that means is instead of like uh, API integration with Stripe from 2000, let's say 14, where you can just basically do a, pay, a credit card transaction and send and 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 script and and, and send back the data to uh, update the invoice after the uh, transaction is authorized, you know, Stripe, for example, uh, allows integration or they offer rather like Alipay, Google Pay, Apple Pay, ACH payments. Uh, payments. I mean, there's a list of like 30 different guys that they actually offer within, um, if you do like a a Stripe OAuth OAuth integration. And not only for Stripe, it's the same thing for like checkout.com and the same thing for uh, WePay and the same thing for a lot of these guys, authorized.net, et cetera. Um, So we did actually last year, we did build out significantly deeper integrations uh, to give our our user base um, more options within their existing integration. But our original strategy was to get as many payment gateways for as many markets, as many languages and many, and many currencies. And then so too for our taxation and sort of trying to meet like taxation requirements, like only for like Belgium or only for New Zealand. We built a platform that you can configure your taxes and parameters. So it's like agnostic. You can set ta- up to three different uh, taxation uh, per invoice. In addition to taxate three different taxations per individual line item. So we start, let's say if you have an invoice of a hundred line items and three different taxations per individual, it can get like sh- thousands of rates. It gets very complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, inclusive taxation, exclusive, exclusive taxation. But the point was is not to be uh, demographically limited. They were only going to build taxation and, like, just for the UK or just for the US or just for Israel. They were going to allow the user uh, to, to, to update their setting parameters to meet their market requirements. And all of these things, um, instead of trying to force users into our box, to build a platform that allows the users to adjust, adjust the workflow to what they need um, was also a major key to our success.
1: So it sounds like the fact that you had more options and and uh, functionality in terms of, of currencies, in terms of transaction payment receivers, in terms of taxation, that any of the other major players just weren't offering that. That anybody needed anything outside of the, the norm, you know, had to come to you. It sounds like the only solution to be able to meet their needs. Is that correct?
0: Yeah, that's correct. I see our, our, our I mean, they're not they're not a competitor anymore. But like, they used to be a competitor, although they're a massive company and we're nobody. But like Freshbooks, for example, right? So Freshbooks left invoicing and became double entry accounting. So they moved on to competing with like QuickBooks and like really big, expensive platforms. But and they're a great company, it's a great product. But Freshbooks, for example, to grow in Germany, they just bought a German company. Mm-hmm. And you know, to compete in Brazil or Mexico, they just bought companies because to try to adapt their platform to a different market is just too overwhelming. Um, so whereas Invoice Ninja, well, first of all, we're not double-entry accounting, uh, but we built a platform uh, from day one to allow the user um, to adjust their parameters to what they need. Um, so that allows us to be in much more markets. Uh, that being said, about 40% of our user base is in the US. Okay. Um, after the US, which is strange, it just, we're, we're super thrilled about it. Our second largest, largest user base at this time looks to be in the UAE, really? um, which is really interesting because they were not on our radar at all uh, for several years. Uh, and that's thanks to a fabulous company called Checkout.com, uh, which is one, if not the most valuable privately held company in Europe, I believe they are the largest, most valuable privately held FinTech company in Europe. Um, so their Dubai office uh, really likes our platform. And they seem to, whenever somebody asks dot um, Checkout.com uh, merchant is looking for an invoicing solution, they recommend, them, they recommend them to us by the thousands apparently. Um, and then we're about, you know, 2%, 3%, 4% per each individual EU country in the UK. And then we basically go global around 2%, 1%, 2%, 3% global in dozens and dozens and dozens of countries. But our lion's share is still a specific, not even Canada, specifically the US, 40 45%.
1: Uh, so it sounds like you've got some, some re- referrals coming through partners such such as Checkout. Um, you've got a bunch of people coming from, um, from the, the viral little, you know, built by... Uh, invoice Ninja at the bottom of invoices that get sent out from from free users. Um, where where are people finding you? Otherwise, is it you know are people searching on Google and when they're looking for these very specific needs within their invoicing and they're finding you there? But how how are, how are people ultimately finding you and generating the biggest traffic channels for you?
0: Uh, so I, we really do believe that it's user driven. Um, people people will ask like their friends in business, their fellow freelancers, colleagues, mm-hmm. family members who are using for invoicing. Um, so invoice, invoice Ninja, you know, we really do focus on the freelancer um, and SMBs. My SMBs, I really need like teams of one, two, three, four, five people. You know, mm-hmm. if you have a company, if you need to have 20 or 25 or 30 salesmen uh, generating invoices, we're not, the, we're not the solution for you. But when it comes to like small teams of people, um, I really think till it's community driven. It's community driven. Yeah, it's true. We integrate with dozens of payment gateways. And via third-party integrators like um, Zapier or what well, it's now called make.com. Um, you know, we integrate with about 5,000 different apps just between those two platforms. You can start looking at other third-party integrators also, but um, if people are looking for, um, and also I believe that our, our, our when it comes to our features, for example, um, people are looking for, for cost-effective invoicing for a fraction of the cost of our competitors. Like our free plan is un- gives you unlimited invoicing. You can send yes. as many invoices as you want on our free plan. Um, right now, we allow you to have 20 free clients on the free plan, which is 20 free clients more than our competitors allow you. Um, for example, like FreshBooks, invoice to go uh, invoicely. they don't allow any free clients. They have a free trial in two, you know, three days or five days or 10 days free trial, but there's mm-hmm. no free clients. So we give you up to 20 free clients, unlimited invoices. You can send 10,000 invoices. We don't care. You know, we have we of course have protocols in place to ensure there's no phishing, no spam. Uh, we take security. Unfortunately, we have to dedicate too much of our lives to security. It's, a, it's an unfortunate reality that we have to do. Um, so our pricing is disruptive. Uh, what we give you, we give you probably too much for free. Yeah. And um, for features functionality and, and um, customization for your workflow, certainly nobody else can match uh, our platform.
1: Yeah, it's interesting you, you brought up the pricing it was actually my next question. Um, your pricing strikes me as as quite low. And I'm curious you know what, what the strategy is besides that, if you, you know, maybe leave money on the table or maybe you've got a strategy there. I mean, your enter- enterprise plan is starting at $14 a month.
0: Yeah, that's enterprise. That's like everything plus extra users. Yeah, it seems um, incredibly inexpensive. So um, it is, this is something we've struggled with over the years, is it true? Uh-huh. Uh, so for example, you know, we started off in 2014 at $5 for our pro plan and at $8. And $10, with $10, we actually saw sales go up. You know, the more we charge, sales went up. And I believe that is because people maybe become um, suspicious when you're too cheap. I'm not quite yeah. sure. Yeah, there's, um, there's a higher perceived value when you
1: charge more sometimes.
0: Yeah, so this is something we certainly, we certainly struggled with, struggled with um, internally. Um, you know, some our competitors are charging 29, 39, 49. We have a page on our website, which goes through some of the competitors and the pricing, I believe some of the people are, are charging crazy, crazy pricing. I don't think there's any need for it. Listen, we're a profitable company. Um, we're a growing company. We're in, you know, we're, we're profitable. Life is good. Why should I have to take more money from people? It's an it's an amazing
1: perspective that, that you don't hear very very often from people. You know, most people, hey, if we're making more money, how can we make more money? And, and I guess at my understanding no. is you, you guys are bootstrapped, right? Thing. So you don't, you don't have investors breathing down your neck or anything like that, right?
0: Yeah, that's a bit, perhaps that's a, a major difference as well as we're not, we don't have VCs with like a very aggressive benchmarks we have to hit. Um, and we don't have like our own our own equity and our own future tied up in trying to meet the expectations of some third party investor. Sure. So that's, that's one major benefit. We own our company, we're bootstrapped. We worked very hard and made a lot of sacrifices over the years to, to become profitable. Um, so that's one thing. Also, um, you know, handling data doesn't cost you that much. It really doesn't, you know, we, we're not. Uh, although our enterprise plan does allow you to upload third-party files, PDFs, Excels, Word documents, et cetera, we don't allow you to upload zip folders. Um, you know, the, the, and, and the pro plan, for example, in general, we're just handling data invoices. My my partner, Dave, for example, sent me something today that we're, we hold like like we have like 4 million records on file or something like this, of like recent, over the last 30 days or something like this. But our hosting costs are extremely low. Um, because we're such an engaging community, um, if we had to hire like teams of, of customer service people, it'd be a different story. But because you know, if, if you can't figure out how to do something with the product, and I think the product is, is is inherently broken, people should be able to create an account and figure it out within three, four, five minutes. You shouldn't have to get that, that, that much customer support. It should be intuitive. It, it mm-hmm. should be. And if it's not, you have a problem. Mm-hmm. So if it was, if it was, if it was so inintuitive that we had to have heavy customer support. That that would be a cost that we don't have. If we didn't have a very engaging community and we had to answer every form question, every Slack question ourselves, that would be a cost that then would we have to pass on. But just by the, the nature of the beast, of the beast, and the engagement of the community, and kind of like the, the 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 software itself, um, we're a very lean company, so we don't need to have our overheads lean. We we're, we operate lean. We're bootstrapped, self-funded. So there's no real and we're profitable. So there's no real reason to price gouge our users.
1: Amazing, I mean, it's a, it's a very fresh perspective that's great to hear. Um, I'd imagine that the problem is also quite sticky from the point of view of, of churn, that once someone gets set up and using it, they, they probably stick around for quite a long time. Is that true?
0: Yeah, generally financial data, people don't like to move it. Um, people are very, very sensitive as well. Also, that's one of the reasons why people self host. It's not because they're technically inclined individuals. A lot of people just have uh, concerns about private, uh, data privacy and they want their data on their own server. You know, even if you're doing a shared server, they have a private dedicated server with their hosting company. Um, It's so cheap these days. Um, So, yeah, financial data is very sticky. Um, Churn is very low. Um, Even if people, let's say, become disengaged, like they might not come back six months, eight months, 12 months, they'll they'll eventually come back. If you're a freelancer, let's say you have a main gig and you're freelancing on the side, you're moonlighting. Mm-hmm. Um, invoices is not like Facebook, it's not like a daily engagement. We kind of uh, look at our monthly engagements or quarterly engagements, sure. because people aren't necessarily, especially if you're a freelancer, maybe, maybe you have a project that's taking you six weeks or eight weeks, right? So you're not even invoicing monthly or certainly not daily. Um, so our churn is very low. Account cancellation, we you we know we get, I see it. When a person cancels, I see it every single email. Mm-hmm. But cancellation, It's important to me. And they're, they're very infrequent.
1: That's great. Um... So based on all this growth and where you are right now, what, what, what's next for Invoice Ninja? Like what, what are your next plans? What's the next level of growth? And what's the next uh, strategies you're, you're thinking about?
0: Okay, so there's a lot going on. Um, from, v- from 2014 until 2021, we built our, we call uh, V1 to V4. Okay. So also referred to as our V4, our old platform called V4. Um, and that's sunsetting at the end of this year. So in 2021, we launched Invoice Ninja V5. Um, to get a little bit techy on you, V4 was a PHP platform built on a Laravel framework, um, which is just a fantastic web, ex- web experience. Our V5 platform is the same thing, PHP platform built on what's called a Flutter. Flutter is a framework put by Google. And the concept of Flutter was that it's one code base that deployed across all platforms. So instead of building like a web app, a website, and then building an iOS app, building an Android app, and then building, let's say, Linux, and building a Mac store Mac OS, building a Windows app, et cetera, uh, the concept of Flutter is that you build one Code base, and You can deploy it across six platforms, hmm. so like Linux, FDroid, Android, iOS, web, macOS, and a Windows uh, Windows uh, App Store. Um, so uh, Flutter has been. Extru- we don't allow new creation on V four V four anymore, and we try to we try to incentivize V four users to migrate to V five. We don't force anybody to do anything because you cannot force human behavior. Uh, people don't like it. Nobody likes to be forced, particularly when you're handling their financial data. They don't want to feel like you're forcing them to do anything. So uh, we are sunsetting v4 at the end of uh, this year. Um, we're expanding v5. And we're actually launching what we call v5.5, which is uh, the, the v5 uh, backend, which is basically an API first plat- platform. So to digress, v4, we, we didn't know what we were doing in 2014. We built invoicing and quotes and we built uh, 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 tasks and projects and vendors and expenses. And the code base became, became, became very convoluted and we built an API on the outside. And that was really the, the the, the what brought on the concept we had to build V5 as an API first application where everything runs through the API and therefore it's extremely scalable. So um, we're actually launching V5.5 which is the same backend API first, but we're doing it in the uh, React, uh, native React uh, framework. Um, so that's our big focus right now is we're actually launching a brand new marketing website in Q4 of this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, la- we're launching Invoice into React in Q4 of this year. And we're probably going to uh, be tar- talking um, with Aaron Zakowski about um, paid marketing initiatives in Q4 of this year. I've heard some good things about
1: him. Sounds like you know what he's, what he's doing.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. All right. That's
0: the story, man. Okay, amazing. So a, lot of, a lot of launches, a lot of tech developments, and a lot of marketing.
1: Mm-hmm. And what,
0: what's the biggest challenge you're facing in terms of growing the business? Biggest challenge? Well, you can answer it in a few different ways. Like from a technical challenge, a technical, a technical point of view. Um, although it'll probably never ever happen in the U.S., so e-invoicing is becoming um, um, governments requiring uh, e-invoicing uh, regulations, uh, particularly in the EU. So, like Italy adopted, Germany adopted. France, I believe, maybe adopted e-invoicing requirements, which basically means you have to tie your invoicing platform into a into, into a government portal in some capacity. Actually speaking, we are against this. Um, just giving uh, government free reign of your data, uh, kind of with no uh, with no walls in place. I'm not particularly pro. I'm not I'm not a proponent of this kind of uh, this ideology. Sure. Um, I believe that people, generally speaking, humans are generally honest individuals and people report their taxes, or invoicing honestly, um, you know, the the penalty for not being honest in regards to, you know, governments and reporting and regulations is too large. Therefore, most, most people, if they're not inherently honest, the government forces them to be honest. Um, so one challenge is, is how do we um, stay compliance uh, in the same, in, in multiple EU um, countries? That's one big technical thing we have to look at very carefully. Also with the EU data privacy. Uh, GDPR compliance is a major thing over there. I'm not sure if you're, if you're familiar with GDPR. Sure. Um, for the EU, uh, I do and it keeps, it keeps it keeps it keeps changing. Is the challenge, is the truth, because they keep changing their expectations and their and their the laws for GDPR compliance. Um, these are big. These are big challenges, technically speaking. Um, you know, we're in a very good position. I don't have too many challenges. I mean, we're growing. We, we get, we're growing about four thousand users per month. Um, My partners and I, we all get along great. We all like what we do. Um, Our user base seems to like the product. Um, So I guess, personally speaking, challenges are balancing work and family time. So I guess those are my two things. Basically, legal compliance in the EU and making sure I can give time to my kids. Kind of weird things.
1: But very important things. I mean, I I love many of the answers you've given in terms of life is great. Like, customers are happy. Why do I have to charge them more? You know, want to spend more time with your kids? It sounds like uh, you're winning life right now. Winning life and winning business.
0: Yeah, I mean, we have to make sure. Like, for example, we sunset v four that the migration is a fluid experience for our users. We need to make sure that uh, you know the native React, the uh, the invoice Ninja React app, uh, you know, launches. um, It's on par and, and and smooth launch. You know, there's there's technical things that we have to do. I would call these challenges. These are just daily tasks that we take responsibility for and work hard at. I'm not sure they're, I'm not sure they're challenges. You know, this is, this is what we do.
1: Okay. Amazing um super let's let's jump into our lightning round a couple of quick questions with uh, a couple of quick answers and uh, we'll wrap things up after that shoot you ready all right first question um what book would you recommend to listeners to read it could be a business book a, a non-business
0: um yeah born to run all right it's born revival, to run ultra running ultra marathon running it's fantastic okay so that's my answer born to run okay great uh that's a new one that i haven't had on the pod before so that's awesome there.
1: Um, Fantastic. What's your favorite marketing or productivity tool that you're using right now, besides Invoice Ninja? Uh,
0: who do I log into every single day? Uh, well, first of all, we don't do any marketing, uh, so I can't. We don't, have any, we don't have any third-party SaaS tools that I use for marketing for, okay. for data analysis at all. So, I mean, I do have like you know an admin. Uh, uh, we do have like admin t- tools that we built uh, to look at our user data. Um, I spend all day long in these. Um, in where? Sorry, so there's no. There is no third. I, I, for example, I look at admin portals that I, that we can, you know, we have uh, internal tools that we use to, you know, look at our user data uh, to make sure people's accounts are, are current and uh, if someone's having an issue with their, with their account, I can look at the user portal and try to resolve an issue for them. Um, there is no, we don't, I don't use any third party. So there are no third party apps or marketing. Uh, we don't engage in any marketing yet. We want to. Um, so it's hard to answer your questions. There's there's none. Okay. Fair enough. I like like LinkedIn. I love LinkedIn. How about that? There you
1: I go. I also love LinkedIn. Perfect. Um who's your favorite business leader that you're that you're learning from right now who inspires you and gives you ideas for what you're doing
0: I think that Gary Vaynerchuk is I mean I can't even I can't even articulate how tremendous this man is I don't have the words uh if you've ever read Gary Vaynerchuk um back when, when 2000 and uh I don't know 2003 2004 I guess 2004 I was living in a 60 meter apartment in Jerusalem. I was totally broke and I was working a job that I hated, making no money. And somebody left in my house, a book by Gary Vaynerchuk called uh, Crushing It. It was called Crushing yeah. It, I actually have it over here. Yeah, I, so. I didn't even read the book, I read the first chapter. And the first chapter basically was like, listen, you don't have the resources, and you have to work a nine to five job. That's cool. So you still have from five a.m. until eight thirty a.m. To, to build your own company, and you have from five thirty p.m. until one a.m. to build your own company. And you can't you can't have ten staff, but you know, but you can work ten times harder and four times longer. And that's what I did. So I, I ended up quitting my job in two thousand and four. I launched a, tr- a tour agency, a, tr- a tour operator in Israel. And I was when I launched it about fifty thousand dollars in debt. And before uh corona in 2019 before basically turned off the company and, and, and became the full-time CEO of Invoice Ninja uh, because, because of corona. Um, I was a part-time uh, CEO of Invoice Ninja until 2019. Um, we did 5.5 million dollars in revenue um, before corona hit. And when I say we, I did it with myself and one virtual secretary.
1: Wow. So that, that number, 5 million in revenue, that, that was the annual revenue in the last year.
0: Yeah, that was 2019's revenue, just myself. and my secretary, which basically means no payroll, no overhead, no Mm -hmm. anything else. It was just money for the company. Um, And I really uh, owe all of that to the philosophies of Gary Vaynerchuk.
1: That's incredible. Those are huge numbers. Um, I'm gonna gonna ask the question because I I feel like some, some listeners are gonna wanna understand that $5 million number a little bit better. Now now that revenue that that's also including when you're running a tour operator, that's going to the, the vendors and the hotels and the bus drivers and everything else. That's not just revenue to your company. There's a there's a whole lot of expenses under that, right?
0: Well, it's going to be revenue. Only tour, I'm not talking about any other investments or companies or invoice manager, only the tour operating company. Correct. Yeah. Doing are yeah. doing five point five point five million dollars of revenue. Right. So that's 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 gross revenue, not right. uh, profit.
1: Correct. Okay. Yeah, because you, right, you, you, you spoke as if there are no, no very few other expenses involved there, but but you're actually paying yeah. hotels and Expenses travel, Well, yeah.
0: Expenses. So, you have you have your actual operational cost, but I don't mean oh, oh so I mean, expenses, not overhead, right? So, the overhead of the company is just me and a virtual secretary, Correct, right? No fancy offices, no barista, you know, no salespeople. Um, so the expenses obviously would be then, you know, vehicles. Uh, it's true, you have to have, you know, say errors and operations, uh, sorry, uh, o insurance, errors mm-hmm. uh, and in emissions insurance, and then, of course, hotels, site entries, meals, etc., yeah. etc. Cetera, et cetera. But those are actual operational expenses, uh, not company overhead,
1: sure. Okay, yeah, I just wanted to clarify because, uh want to make sure everybody was clear with that, Matt. Super. Um, great. And then the last question I got for you: where can listeners go to learn more about you?
0: Um, so, I mean, I don't engage too much online. So, I'm not on Twitter. And on Facebook, I just, you know, very, very infrequently post. I, I do spend uh, maybe 30, 40 minutes a day on LinkedIn. I like reading articles about, I follow people who I find really interesting and engaging hmm. and I read the articles that they post. Um, so, you know, I'm not out there too much. Certainly, if you Google my name, you'll find a lot about me, but I'm not like daily active, uh, engaging individual on, the, on social media.
1: Okay, fantastic. If you get too busy running your business and hanging out with your kids. That's how life should be, right?
0: <laughs> I'm actually working.
1: You're actually working. Imagine that. <laughs> All right, Shalom. this has been amazing. Uh, appreciate you coming on today. You shared a tremendous amount of uh, inspiration and knowledge with our audience and
0: uh, appreciate your time. Thank you so for having me. It was good. I appreciate it. Great. The SaaS Marketing Superstars Podcast is brought to
1: you by XAML Digital Marketing. If you're enjoying the show, please be sure to subscribe and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. Thanks again for tuning in and keep on growing your SaaS.